Hey, welcome to the Praise Chapel Paramount. This message is from our midweek service with Evangelist Jose and Angela Vargas in a message about giving called Seed Sowing. Hey, also, if you haven't checked us out on Facebook or Instagram, be sure to follow us at PC Paramount and check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. It has tons of information and resources. Enjoy this message. Well, praise God. I, I, again, I want to say thank you. And the reason why I said to stand up, because you know some of you been the court, right? When the judge walks out, Come what do you now. do? The judge doesn't counsel you. And the judge doesn't take your phone call. But we stand up in attention. So think about it. So I, I, we, we want to get started because I don't want to... I don't want to take off because I, we, want to, we want to make sure we deliver a good message from God. Also, I want you to keep my niece in prayer. Um, we've been on the road and my niece um, got admitted into the hospital with pneumonia. So uh, they put her down to, so that her lungs can, can, and can kind of rest. So they, she had like fluid in her lungs. So me, she's been living with me for nine months. And so I'm on the road with all of this going on, so I can't be at home. But could I tell you, there's a God that hears you. There's a God, no matter where you go, he goes. In your obedience, he acts on his word. And so this day, I was troubled in my heart this day. I, I, I got off the plane and I'm like, okay, I'm fasting today, God. I have to deliver a message. But inside, God, I am crying. I, I, don't, I don't know what's the outcome. I hear this bad report and I hear that the doctors is saying this and this. And I'm like, but God, my mind can't be on that. And so I said a prayer. I said, I need you to do a miracle. If any of you seen our Facebook post, I post on Facebook. I believe God is going to do a supernatural miracle. And so today I was getting dressed and I heard the Holy Spirit say, just deliver the way you need to deliver. And I would touch what belongs over here. So we get a phone call and her mom calls and her mom said, you're not going to believe this. She woke up and she was asking for ice, freaking out. And they was like, no, 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 she's not supposed to be up yet. Hold on, we, we need her body to rest. And so they had her on a machine so that it can breathe for her. And I began to think the machine wasn't breathing for her. It was the God that we serve. He put breath inside of her so that she can breathe and give us a call to say I'm alive and well go do what God called you to do I'm here to tell you you might be in a pandemic but God has good news for you his breath is in this place and so I don't know where you at today maybe you need a heart what is that reset you need jumper cables Maybe you was in a pandemic and you, and you had six months and you did nothing. Some people did something and some didn't. But it shows who did something and who didn't because there's some didn't come back. And there's new faces in this place that I see because the God that I know and the God that I serve, he's always doing a new thing. He's always refreshing his people because we're not going to get old in serving Jesus. So what he do, he keep the new going. He keep refreshing. All you have to do is get in his face, get in his presence, and God begins to move. See, I don't want the same old. In this six months, huh? I was eating carpet in my room. I missed quite a few meals. I cut my hair shorter. I went like G.I. James. I said, when I come out, I'm going to be fresh, new, and on fire. And everybody kept saying, what are you going to do new? I said, it's a new me, baby. I've been in God's face. I got something to say. I don't know what you did, but I know what I did. You should have missed you a few meals. You should have been fasting and praying. And so tonight... I wanna, we want to deliver a message saying seed sowing. No, we're not asking for your money. We're not asking for no money tonight. 
but seed sowing. If you're tired of the harvest you're getting, stop sowing the seeds you're sowing. I hear people go, oh, I don't sow to get. Well, I'm sorry. Sow it to me and I'm going to get it. <laughs> you go and plant cucumbers or you wait for them to come up or you just want them to die. No, I want my cucumbers so I can eat them with chili, right? That's what I thought. I don't know where people get that. I'm, I ain't sowing to get. God is just too good. Well, uh-huh. Bring me your seed, baby, because I'm going to get it. Praise the Lord. The Bible often uses metaphors for conveying wisdom and truth. We need to sow seeds of love and righteousness that will blossom into a beautiful thing later in life. I kept saying, God, what seeds could I sow during the pandemic? I can't get out of my house. They don't stole all the toilet paper, sold it all, stole it, and everybody got it in their trunk. I only got a few rolls. So, I mean, what's going on? And these messages start coming to us. I wanted to get frustrated in Walmart when I went in and said, I'm looking for some tissue. It was gone. I go, any paper towel is gone. The next Walmart is gone. Family dollar is gone. I go, okay, we had a problem. Any baby wipes, anything? Stuff was just going. And I remember sowing seeds in that season. Speaking God's word, speaking life over our family. We should not run out. We should not run out. God, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. This reminds us to think beyond the presence to the future and how our action and our choices will impact tomorrow and beyond. The word of God teaches us and warns us to discern what we do in life as we will ultimately reap what we sow. If I sow roses, I don't want tulips. In Galatians 6, 7 through 8, in the Passion Translation, said, make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked, for what you plant will always be very, always be the very thing you harvest. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seed of self-life into the natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest, experience a reap. Hold on, hold on. I hit the wrong button up here, babe. I'm so sorry. I tend to do that because I don't like preaching. I like, to, I like to go the other way, but he said, calm down. Sorry. Experience, experience a harvest of corruption. That's the natural realm. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruit that grows from the everlasting life of the spirit. Wow. A lot of us want to harvest a roses, but we have been sowing thorns. The Bible says you have what you speak. Some of us, I, I'm sorry, some of us gave COVID more power than Jesus. Some of us talk so much about COVID and what it does, and we lived in the fear of it. COVID had the grip of many people by the throat. But when you had the flu, we weren't going crazy. When you had a bellyache, you took some tongs. When you had a headache, you took some head medicine. But when COVID came, everybody went crazy. They lost their wigs, their shoes, and all. They forgot what happened, that God was bigger than COVID. They said, we ain't having a church, so they said, we ain't praying then. We ain't going to church, my pastor can't see me. He don't know what I'm doing, how I'm acting, what I'm speaking, what I'm eating, and what I'm doing. But let me tell you something, what you was doing in the dark, it's revealing now what you were doing six months ago. Either you came out more anointed or more annoying. Because I'm telling you, we gave more room to COVID than to God. Most of us were speaking, oh, COVID, my family got it. Listen, I, I, come on, come on, come on, come on. Bring it down, Felicia. I understand a lot of people 
some people pass from it. And I'm so sorry that happened. We send out condol. I, I don't take it lightly. What I'm trying to make a, a, a statement is that God always been bigger than anything. But in this season, we made God less than because we spoke more of COVID than more of God and his word. Do you know if you had COVID that God can heal it and heal you instantaneously? God was looking for us to speak out loud. He was trying to get us to another level to believe and walk by faith. But in the season, we said, oh my God, I'm not going out. I'm not going, hold on, hold on. They sneezed, everybody turned. <laughs> but if they say Walmart were giving, out, giving away a $10 gift certificate, you would have been in line. If they said that uh, uh, the food place were giving away free food, we would have been there, right? God is awakening what's in us, the seed that's in you. It's either going to grow or it will die. But we like, we like to talk about seed time. Let me sow my money so I can reap a whole lot of it. What if you don't get a whole lot of it? Ask the evangelists. Half of them didn't travel for six months. Could I tell you? We didn't. But we did viral revival. We didn't start preaching. We didn't start praying. We didn't start believing. And I will tell you this with everything in front of me, because I'm going to give an account to God. God never forsaked us. We had a meal, and every month, all of my bills got paid. Every single month, God was using people around the world to bless us. I was sowing seed. Going into our savings, sowing seeds like we had all kinds of money. My car broke down. The engine went out. That's okay now. Now you're messing with my ride. <laughs> so that's what you're going to do. I said, I ain't got nowhere to go preach because all the churches ain't calling nobody. So now you want to mess with my food. Okay. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to fast. Till God come through. We went on a fast. Can I tell you? The car dealer called us where the car broke down. Our engine went out and said, Mr. Vargas, um, your car was on recall. There was a lot of things on recall. I want to let you know that we checked on your engine and they said that your engine also was on recall. So we're going to put a brand spanking new in for free. It was $5,500. Oh, it get better than this. Because I want to help your faith when you talk to God and talk about God. God moves on it. It gets deep. We get a friend call. Hey, I heard about your car. I, I, I got another car for you. We want to give it to you. I go, okay. It better be better than what I got. <laughs> baby, you called to give me some, okay? You know how we get when they call and say they're going to give you some. You're excited, super excited. So I said, okay. They said, well, we have a Mercedes Benz in the garage that we ain't driving. And, um, we just going to give it to you. I go, okay, the one that I seen. Okay. 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 Not only we're going to give it to you, but we're going to make sure everything in it is updated. They put a brand new steering wheel. It costs over 4000 The column thing, you know what I mean? Because I ain't drove no Mercedes, so I'm already acting up now. In case you see me, okay? They put a brand new stern uh, column inside that costs $4,000 to put in. Not only that, they put all kind of work in it. Cost them over $3,000 to update the car. Not only that, she said, I'm going to make sure it's detailed. And before you pull out of the yard, we're going to fill the tank up. I said, hold, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Okay, okay, hold up. You going to do what now? You sure you don't want no money? God was testing me. He said, I'll give you good. I'll give you everything that you need in this season. Daughter, stay in my face. Stay faithful. I don't care what it looks like, but stay in my face. Watch what I do. When I tell you, I looked at that cup and I said, well, thank you. You sure you don't want to? She said, no, we're just going to sign the title. It's yours. 
When I leave here and get off the plane, I go get in my ride and I'm gone. I'm gone. Not only when she gave me the car, I turned around and told my daughter, you can have the one with the new engine. I got one. Peace. That's how you do it. You get blessed, you give somebody else a blessing. God is looking for faithful men and women. He's tired of looking for wimps in the kingdom that don't know how to fight. They're constantly crying. I'm telling you, the pastor said it. See, people are complaining. They're giving up on God. They're giving up on God. They don't want to serve Jesus. It's a sad testimony. We run after everything else, but we forget about God. When everything goes wrong in our life, we're in a pandemic and nobody wants to give him his glory. Give it to him. It belongs to him. Honor him and thank him because if it wasn't for him, you and I won't be here. So we have to remember the seeds we've sown. And I believe in my heart that didn't just come to me. I've sown 22 years. Let me tell you something. Everything that we're doing now, there was things we did what we didn't want to do. There was times I didn't want to submit and we did. There was times I didn't understand what God was doing, but I submit myself and say, yes, God, whatever you have for us, we're going to stay the core. Was it easy? No, but it was rewarding. He made a better woman and a better man that today I can come and tell you my testimony that God works, that God works for you. He works for your family. You might don't have a job and you might today feel like, you know, I lost my job during a pandemic. Can I tell you? Trust him. Can I tell you? Be faithful. Pay your tithes. Listen, you will rob you and your house and your children. Pay your tithe. If you don't have nothing else, pay your tithe and give an offering. God will bless your house because of your seed. That was extra for those of you who haven't started tithing. You're robbing God. That's called stealing. Stop stealing from him. We don't talk about it because it's my money. No, it's not your money. That's God's money. You steal it. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. During this time of the pandemic, a lot has been going on in this world. Not just America, but all over this world. What we have is what you've been speaking. And what kind of harvest have you gotten? Have we got a lot of mistakes? A lot of heartaches? No peace? We're living in fear? We don't even trust him no more? It got that bad? My God. Or maybe you haven't received your harvest. Maybe you've been sowing for many years and you haven't received. Don't stop sowing. Don't stop sowing. You probably one of the biggest giver in the church and you haven't harvested nothing. Could I tell you something? Don't stop sowing. You can sow seeds in every area of your life. Speak of God's goodness, share his love. Live a righteous life. Live in obedience. I want you to know that Jesus left the Holy Spirit for us. Why did he need the Holy Spirit? He left it for us so it can be a help. So that we make right decisions. That we don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to live in guilt and shame because of failure. That we can overcome. You know how the Holy Spirit, you know, is working in you? You get convicted quick. And you repent quick. Anytime you don't care about things and you're just whatever, whatever, you might want to evaluate your your life. 
your personal life with Jesus. But conviction of the Holy Ghost calls repentance. And you turn away real quick because there's a danger zone and an exit. He knew we needed help and we need to depend on him. Jesus said he won't leave us nor forsake us. Speak it. Plant. Plant fresh seeds. Today you can reap a harvest that is plentiful and a blessing. It's not just finances. Maybe it's your kids right now. Maybe it's your personal life. Maybe there's another area that God is taking you to and you may be confused or you don't know what's going on and you're like, God, I'm sowing because I know you're going to answer me. Those are seeds. I remember there was a season of my life where I reaped a lot of pain. And I remember going back to the ground, meaning my foundation. I had to uproot the things that was growing. There was things that were growing in my life that I didn't like. And so I had to go back and say, what did I plant in that season? And the Lord begins to show me humility. Learn to humble yourself. You know, you hear the statement, God will humble you. No, God said, if my people will humble themselves. God doesn't have to humble us. We have to humble ourselves because he already done it. Pride calls you to fall. He resists you. But every time you humble yourself, I don't care if it's in front of a thousand, he come back and back you up and start you all over again. That's his grace. I've been there. I've been there. And I tell myself daily, I'm not going to get too big for my britches. Whether the world call me, I know where I came from. Remind me, God, over and over. Because I don't want to step outside of God's will. I don't want to do something that will take me on a rough road or to an exit that it can destroy me and my family. Been there, done that. And I'm here to tell you, God has so much greater for you. He's trying to get you to sow the seeds and begin to discipline your life. This season of six months and seven months of a pandemic, God was teaching us, you need to discipline yourself inside of me. Learn how to listen to me. Learn how to pray. Learn how to trust me because I might take everything away. What do you have left, Angela? It was his word that was burning in me. It was prayer and my worship. So I want to encourage you. We think it comes natural, but it don't. Nothing comes natural. The only thing come natural is sinning. Everything else, it doesn't come natural. We love sin. It comes natural. We know how to tell a lie. We know how to look at the person in the face and be still lying. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. Where were you at? Mm, standing right there. No, no, I just saw you drove by. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. Because we naturally knows how to sin. Satan have tricked us. Believe the lie. It takes work with the Holy Spirit. It takes work. Hallelujah. And so I just want to encourage you tonight. Don't sow discord among the brethren. The kingdom of God needs you. And let me tell you why he needs you. There's souls that are waiting for Jesus. And the only Jesus they're going to know is the one in you. And if you don't go and deliver, they're going to still be waiting on the streets. There's still going to be sin. And so God do need you to bring a word to them and cause healing, restoration. Because hell is very hard. I love that evangelist Diga said that, boy, I rock that out. He said, it's hard to get to hell. I said, how deep? I mean, really? I was on my way there. It's hard. Think about it. Jesus said, I wish that none should perish, but have eternal life. He hurts when man falls. He hurts. He cries over mankind that he wished that we don't perish. But we don't understand God. We don't take the time to get to know him. And so tonight, sow seeds of righteousness. Seeds 
among the brethren and tell them they can make it. It's going to be okay. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, come on, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Watch this, seed time and harvest. Anything you do in your life has seed, has time, listen, it has harvest. Uh, discipleship does not happen overnight. Right. Disciples are made. They are not born. You are not born a disciple. Listen, let me say it one more again. Amen. Come on. You might have been come from a from a from a, a, a family that has never backslid. Uh, come on, but you ain't born a disciple. Disciples are taught. Uh, amen. It takes time. It takes honor. It takes correction. Uh, come on. It takes impartation. Uh, it takes love. Uh, discipleship is about relationship. Uh, listen to me. You're not gonna go out and get discipled by somebody else. Uh, come on, somebody that don't know you, somebody that don't care about you. Amen. It's disciple. You got to be discipled. I mean, and it takes seed. Uh, and that seed that is being implanted uh, or put inside of you. That's what discipleship is about. And we want to run around and, man, have this person disciple me. And have this person disciple me. Now you ought to be grown into the word God has planted you. And allow the leadership there to disciple you. And to make you to the man and woman that God has called you to be. My wife started talking about sowing seed. Watch this. Uh, amen. And she said, you know, if you're tired of reaping the harvest that you're getting, amen, stop sowing the seed that you're sowing. Uh, I worked as a landscaper for a lot of years. Uh, and, and I remember, listen, I learned something real quick. Uh, uh, one time we went out to a, a job to go to. We had to get a bunch of roses out of a place and man I mean I still got pain in my fingers from, from doing all that but we had to get a bunch of roses out of an area and we thought you know we, I, you know, I was like hey well, we're just going to do it like this and we began to cut the roses down at the bottom and man cut the stem all the way down and then we got it out of the way I said man it looks good let's put some mulch over it uh, cover it up uh, and man come on plant some flowers in there it looks real good now I mean it looked good the, 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 it looked beautiful it really did with the mulch and the, you know, the rose bushes were all gone now we planted different flowers wow I'm going somewhere man and, and and, and all of a sudden, I mean, a few months later, I went back to check out the job and there were some trees growing. There were some little trees growing up. Uh, I mean, where we thought we had pulled out, uh, uh, the, 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 where we thought we had cut off the roses. Uh, I mean, and I noticed one thing. I, I said, we didn't get to the root of the issue. I mean, we didn't get to the root of it because we didn't deal with the root. Uh, and those things began to blight. Even though the outside looks good. Uh, even though the outside looked pretty. I mean, everything all around it looked good, but the root uh, was still in there. So we had to do another job. Watch this. We had to go do another job. We had to remove 15 rose bushes. And they were huge. This time I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I got my truck and I tied a, a, a chain. And then down the bottom of the tree, of the, of, the, of the root or the bottom of the rose, and I put it on my truck and I began to pull. And I began to pull. And then all of a sudden, the whole thing came up. Watch this. The, from root on up, it came up. But what happened? It left a hole in the ground. And then a lot of us deal with the root, but we forget to put things back in it. And if you don't put love, if you you don't put something inside, it's just going to be a hole right there. And the book of Colossians chapter number 3 amen, verses 12 to 14 in the message says this, so chosen by God for this new life of love dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Yes. Compassion kindness, humility quiet strength, discipline be even tempered, content with second place, content with second place, content with second place, content with second place, content was second place. Quick to forgive. Quick to forgive. I'm not quick to forgive. Quick to, I'm trying to get over this. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I'm here to let you know. I mean, I remember us getting in there. We're pulling out those roots. And there was holes everywhere. And I said, man, we got to fill this because it ain't going to look good right now. We had to go get some dirt. And then we had to fill it. Amen. And after we filled it, then we decorated all good. But you know that after I went back a few months
months later, there was no little trees growing out of there. Amen. Because I understood that if I don't deal with the root of the problem, I'm going to let you know tonight, praise Chapel Paramount. If you don't deal with the root of your problem, if you don't deal with the root of your issue, on the outside, it may look good. On the outside, it may look all fine. You may look pretty. Come on, you may smell good. Come on, you cleaned yourself up. Come on, you did your hair. You did your makeup. You look good, but on the inside, because you have not dealt with the root of the issue, there's all kind of bitterness inside. There's all kind of hurt inside. There's all kind of junk on the inside of you. And if you don't pull that out from there and allow love and compassion and everything else that God has given us to put inside of us, we're going to continue walking the same way, getting the same harvest, wondering why am I not being delivered? Why am I not being set free? Why is nothing going good for me? You ought to look in front of the mirror and then say, do a self-evaluation. Say, what did I do yesterday? What kind of plants did I plant? Or what kind of seed did I put into the ground? Did I sow bitterness somewhere? Did I sow hatred somewhere? Come on, did I do something to somebody? And then you need to go and make it right. The problem and then with Christianity is this, that we begin to wait. And then we begin to wait. We'll sit back and we'll just wait. And then, well, you know, one day God will convict me to do it. One day God will convict me to, re- uh, to, to repent to my friend or, or, you know, to ask you for forgiveness. I mean, when you ought to be quick to repent, quick to forgive, wondering why so much mess is going on in your family. Wondering why so much mess is going on in your finances. Wondering why so much mess is going on in your relationships. I mean, I said this, uh, I mean, a few months ago when the pandemic first started. And I said this, uh, I said, if you are not a better father, if you are not a better mother, if you are not a better Christian, if you're not a better disciple, if you're not a better husband, better wife, uh, and then come on, if you're not a better preacher, if you're not a better intercessor, you spent six months of your life doing nothing uh, when you should have been getting in the face of God and say, God, make me a better Christian. God, make me a better disciple. God, make me a better man, a better woman. God, make me something new. We get so caught up with this religion. Amen. Come on. You know, we know how to say amen. Preacher, preach. Amen. Come on. We know how to, you know, sing the songs that we sing up here. And we know how to shout. Amen. But on the inside, we're all messed up. On the inside, we're saying, God, touch me. On the inside, we're saying, God, help me. Amen. But you were too prideful. Amen. Like brother, Pastor Mike said, we're too prideful. Amen. To get up and say, God, change my life. There's some changes that have to be done. There's something about honor. Listen to me. There's something about honor. I've, I've, uh, my wife and I, we've been, we've been on this journey and I started thinking about this. In 2005, my wife and I was ordained as evangelists and we was traveling for a year we, tra- we preached we traveled we preached and in 2006 our pastor calls us and says hey we've been given a church the pastor wants me to pastor it I need your help I could have said you got plenty of people in the church I'm good God has called me to do this I prayed about it my wife and I prayed about it watch this my wife and I prayed about this we gave up being evangelists and went and helped our pastor, which I thought was going to be for a couple of years, which turned out to be eight years of us sitting being campus pastors, watching video after video on Sunday morning. It was times the videos came late. They had to drive 35 minutes I mean, to get us a video of the message that he had just preached. And I'm sitting there, I said, man, man I can preach. I know none of you would say that. I know, I know. That's just me. That was just me. I mean, I, I can preach. I mean, come on. I'm just, be all right. I can preach. No, no, but, but, but for eight years. Listen, for eight years, we submitted ourselves. During that eight years, and man, I, I, my wife and I became, became executive pastors. I mean, other pastors left. We became executive pastors. My wife and I, I became the principal of the, of the, of the school that they gave us. And man, come on, I have a high school diploma. I mean, um, I graduated top 5% of the bottom 80% of the class. 
and they made me the principal. Imagine that. I was a principal. Watch this. I was a principal. And then in 2014, early 2014, we got a, an unexpected guest came to our church. And I thought we were just going to have a men's discipleship. He was going to come and preach. And then he came and he says, um, it's time for you and your wife to sit down for a minute. Yeah, that's your pastor. Your pastor flew all the way to Kansas City and said, Jose and I'm playing. They did. I'm not playing about that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> Listen, they sat us down for six months. Couldn't preach nowhere. I had to go to every church service. I'm talking about Sunday, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 10.30, because I had to drive from there to get over to the other one. 2 o'clock Spanish, amen. 4.30 leaders meeting, 6 o'clock service, Tuesday service, Wednesday service, Friday Bible study, Saturday morning prayer. I mean, we had to, we had to be at everything. I was like, whoo, man, I don't know if I can afford all the gas just to get back and forth to this. But listen, we did it. Watch this. We, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. We did it. We did it. September 2014, I'm sitting at a Starbucks with my pastor. And I said, Pastor Kelly, we've been faithful to this house for all these years. I said, it's time for us to, we want to go and pioneer a church. And he said, where you guys want to go? I said, man, our dream's always been in Atlanta. We always want to go to Atlanta. And he said, you know what? We're going to send you to Atlanta. Not this year, but coming up next conference, we're going to send you and your wife to Atlanta. Man, we were excited. We are like, whoo, man, yes. Hallelujah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is September. November, he comes knocking on my door. Pastor Jose, I need you. I said, whoa. I said, I know those talks. <laughs> I know when you come in, I know what's about to happen. And he said, I need you to take over this church in Independence, Missouri. And I said, what about Atlanta? He said, forget about Atlanta. I need you here. I know none of you would have said that, but I did. And he said, I need you to take over this church. And I said, all right, Pastor, we'll do it. And we prayed. We took over the church in 2014. In 2015, we merged the church with the Lee Summit campus. The campus where, the, where we were campus pastors. That we merged it to. I became senior pastor of both congregations. And I'm talking about a suburban church and an inner city church. So a bunch of ghetto black Hispanics and a bunch of preppy white guys. And we merged it. And we had church. Listen, we had church. That was 2015. 2017, January, God speaks to us and says, hey, it's time for you to give up your church and go back and be an evangelist. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, you're an offense to the ministry. I said, there's no way. We're in revival right now. It's just good. So I fought with God for four months. Again, I know none of you would, but I did. For four months. Man, God says, um, it's time for you and your wife to pack it up and go. I said, all right, I'll be, I got it. I got it. I said, I'm a pastor and evangelize at the same time. I'll be just like, uh, you know, Victor Danridge. I'll be like Pastor Abraham. I can do this. God says, nope. Give up your church. Move from your house and leave. Didn't know what was going to happen. I'm going somewhere. Didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, but I know this, that I was being obedient I was sowing seeds. All through those years, I was sowing seeds of obedience, seeds of honor. I mean, I was sowing seeds of respect. Uh, come on, I was sowing seeds of encouragement to others. And, and then all of a sudden, I mean, 2017, we moved. And then God has opened up door after door. God has blessed our ministry. And then God has done some great things. And then we have traveled. Listen, in the midst of pandemic, uh, we've been able to sow into other ministries. And uh, then because God has been good. And uh, then God has been good. And listen, so I'm telling you, listen, if you don't like the harvest that you're receiving and then starting tonight change what you've been sowing and then watch the harvest that God is getting ready to put upon your life and then change for your good and then begin to change and then in your family begin to change in your ministry begin to change and then over your finances and over your family I'm on if the worship team would come if the worship team would come I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna close right here because my stomach is saying um <laughs> butter cake butter cake butter I mean Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In 2017, when we moved to Atlanta, Georgia, I was, I was getting ready to come back to Kansas City to go preach. And it was just me, my wife, and my daughter, my oldest daughter and my oldest son. They stayed in Kansas City with our grandson. 
And they stayed there. They said, that's God's call on your life, not on our life. And my kids backslid hard. Drugs, sex, alcohol, bad. And my wife and I said, God, you sent us here. But my kids, I mean, what good is it for me to preach and get so many people saved and still my, lose my kids to this world? I'm, I'm, and my wife and I begin to pray this. And God said, remember the seeds that you sown. Remember when you invested into other pastors' lives, other pastors' kids' lives. Remember when, when, when you would pray for other pastors' kids. And I said, yeah, and I'm remembering real good right now, God, but there ain't nothing happening. Watch this. God spoke to us. We was getting ready to come out here to L.A. We was going to go from Georgia to Kansas City, Kansas City to L.A. We was going to be out here for 30 days. God spoke to us. And we went back there, and I remember clearly God spoke, God speaking to us. And he's saying, I allowed you to go because I wanted you to see that that's not what you wanted. Hear me. Hear me. I allowed you to go because I wanted you to see that that's not what you really wanted. I, I, I'm so glad that our God is merciful. So glad that he is gracious. I'm so glad. I mean, that even when you make a wrong turn, he's going to redirect you into the right place and where you're supposed to be at. And I'm remembering of all the seeds that we had sown. And I'm sitting there getting ready to do a revival here in, Lee, in Liberty, Missouri. And the pastor tells me, take a picture. So we can use it for the flyer. And I'm sitting at the front porch of my sister-in-law's house. And I heard the Lord say, I'm up to something. Heard, I'm up to something. And, 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 and so I know you see my sister right here has her, has her shirt on. My daughter has her shirt on. Amen. And it says, God is up to something. Amen. Listen, God spoke to me way back in 2017. I've been using this for a while. This ain't nothing. Amen. That we just started. And come on, this year because of the pandemic. No, God spoke to us way back in 2000. He said, I'm up to something in your life. Amen. So I said, okay, well, God is up to something. I'll put that behind everything. Amen. And during this pandemic, listen, listen, we've been saying God is up to something. That saying, amen, just the church, whatever it is, amen, it's been going global why because I understand this uh, I mean that if God is for us uh, who can be against us uh, I mean if I know that my God is up to something I'm gonna stand on the word of God uh, I'm gonna stand on his promises uh, I'm gonna rely on the what I've sown in the past and allow it uh, I mean to manifest into my future you've probably heard this story before I'm gonna say it again I've been with my pastor for 22 years now. I'm closing my iPad, which really don't mean nothing. <laughs> my pastor for 22 years. And we do live productions. You guys know we do Hell Night dramas. We do all kind of stuff. And, 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 and a few years ago, we did a, an Easter drama. It's called The Framed. And our pastor's doing an altar call. People are coming to the altar. And there's a young man sitting right up here in the front. Actually, he was sitting on that side over there. And our pastor walks up to him and says, you need to give your life to the Lord. And the young man says, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Don't worry about it. He continues the altar call. Many people are coming up. Many people are coming up. He feels compelled to go to him again. He goes back to him and he says, sir, you need to give your life to the Lord. And he says, I have my whole life to live. I'm young. I'm not ready for all of that. Closes a service. Many get saved. Four weeks later to the day, four weeks later to the day, he is riding in the backseat of a car, driving down the same street in front of the same church that he just denied Christ at. The driver is doing 90 miles an hour, racing another vehicle. The driver loses control. Front tire hits the curb. The car goes airborne, flips. He gets ejected out of the back window, lands 25 feet away from the crash scene with his body facing up and his face facing the ground. Died instantly. Watch this, died 
instantly. See, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Your life is but a vapor. It's here one second and it's gone the next. He did not wake up that morning thinking that today was going to be his last day on earth. He didn't go make it right with his mom. didn't go make it right with his dad. He woke up just like you woke up this morning. Taking care of today's business. See, this story is very, very special, very dear to me because that was my nephew. That was my nephew. And my sister went to church with us and she brought her kids. Well, she got offended and left and took her kids with her. And I've been pondering and said, man, you know, what if even in her offense, she made it right? She repents and asks God to forgive. Well, would, her, would, would her son still be alive? I don't know. I don't know. that. All I know is this, that people leave church out of an offense and don't understand and don't realize that it's making an impact not only on them but on their children. Come on, because we go from church to church and we get offended. Listen, and we get offended because they change the carpet. Why we got to have so many screens on the wall? Why we got to do this? We used to have an altar up there. Now we got it back here. And we get offended and people leave out church after church for so many reasons watch this and not uh, realizing that we are making a decision not only for us but for our kids and now the kids are suffering watch this because of a decision that you made and you're wondering why you go to another church and the same problems are still there and you go to another church and the same problems are still there and then you keep going and then from church to church and you're carrying baggage on top of bags and baggage on top of baggage and wondering God when am I going to get delivered from this when did God tell you to leave see you're going to flourish wherever God plants you where God plants you that's where you're going to flourish I've been in the ministry too long listen my daddy was a pastor I mean I understand I mean all of this I listen and I got that I got you I got you on this I mean listen but this is the thing it's a reality that, that people leave church after church I mean out of an offense I mean and wondering why it's still going on I do this altar call this way for two reasons. Number one is that. Because offense is the bait of Satan. And then if he can pull you from where God has you, if he can pull you from the covering of God, if he can pull you from where he has planted you, then he's already got you. And if he's got you, he's got your kids. Amen. The second reason why I do this is this. And I started off with this. Today's the day of salvation. The book of Revelation chapter 21 verse number 8 gives us a very important portion of scripture. And it gives you a list of people that will not make heaven their home. You, you, I, I, I didn't give you guys this scripture. You guys could just, you can study when you get home. Revelations 21.8. The very last one on there is all liars. It says all liars will find their place in the lake of fire which burns with fire and brimstone. All liars. Watch this. Because I'm about to ask you a question. And this question is simply this. If you were to die right now, at this moment, would you make heaven your home? The Bible says it is appointed for every man to die once and then the judgment. You're going to have to stand in front of a living God and give an account for your life. And he's not going to ask you what church did you go to. He's not going to ask you where you're in the choir. He's not going to ask you where you're an usher. He's not going to ask you where you're a preacher. He's going to ask you one question. What did you do with my son Jesus? Did you receive him or did you reject him? I'm going to ask you again. If you used to die right now, would you make heaven your home? And it's not, well, if the cards are played right, if this, if no, 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 right now, at this very moment, you know how you live today. You know what you did today. You know the decisions you made today. You know the thoughts that you had thought today. I mean, the actions that you did today. You know that. If you used to die right now, would you make heaven your home? The reason why I told you Revelation 21, 8 and about liars is because we'll try to use a little lie and we'll try to cover it up. I don't want nobody to see me. I don't want nobody to know that I'm struggling. I don't want nobody to know that, you know, I sinned. 
Can I tell you something? There's not even that many people in here for you to be worried. Amen. Come on. If you messed up or not. There's not even that many people in here. Come on. They're going to judge you on if you messed up or not. I'd rather have them judge me than Jesus judge me. So here it is right here. Here's my question. If you used to die right now, would you make heaven your home? If you don't know, listen to me. If you don't know, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. Listen, I would love to pray for you. Somebody asked me this. They said, why you try to put fear in people? I said, funny, because the Bible says, don't fear him that can kill the body, but fear him that can kill the body and send the soul into eternal damnation. That's whom you should fear. So if I can just put the fear of God in you just a little bit, uh, amen, come on now, uh, just a little bit. I can put the fear of God in you just a little bit uh, for you to get right. Uh, amen, also, you know, people, why are you pressuring for? Why are you getting people? Come on, you ain't got to take all that. You were not mad when somebody pressured you to get high your very first time. You did not get mad when somebody pressured you to have sex. You did not get mad when somebody pressured you to get drunk. Come on, so then why are you getting mad when a man of God is pressuring you to get your life to the Lord that is going to change the destiny of your life. So if that's you, listen, that's you. I've said enough. If that's you, I mean, you say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I mean, I don't know if I'd make heaven my home. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I don't know in my life right now. I mean, that's you. You've never given your life to the Lord. I mean, come on. Maybe you've, you've served God at one time, but now you're backsliding in your heart. And you say, today, I want to make a fresh commitment. If that's you, would you just lift your hand, put it right back down. I'll see it. God will see it. Anybody, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Come on. I see those hands going up. Come on. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody? I see that hand back there. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. If you meant that, I want you to do something. I want you to get out of your seat. Come meet me at this altar. Come on. If you meant to get out of your seat, amen. Come on. Come meet me at this altar. This is the best day of the rest of your life. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're still coming. Come on. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Somebody's up here praying with everybody. Amen. Come on. This is what we're gonna do. I'm just going to say this prayer. And I want you to say this prayer after me. Amen. Church family, listen. We're going to do this together as a, as a, as a body of believers. Come on. We're, 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 this is a body of believers. We're going to say this prayer together. Come on. I want you guys to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. In search of a savior. I believe that you died. And rose again on the third day. For my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Remove anything and everything. That does not belong. I want to live. The rest of my life. According to your word. To do what you've called me to do. And to be who you've called me to be. I receive you as Lord. Receive me as son and daughter. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Come on, the Bible says all heaven rejoices after one sinner. Come on, get saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, Follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.